You're listening to a 1FM podcast. After a bit of an absence, I've got him on the line. It's back. It's Steve. Whatever happened to you? How are you doing, Steve? I'm, I'm doing very well. Thanks, but I want to know whatever happened to you. Well, we had floods and then I was in Cairns and not much else. Well, you've had a fair bit of exciting time by the sound of it. And I hear, Josh, that you went to the Great Barrier Reef and Cape Tribulation, so that would have been a great experience, I would have thought. We just sort of went for a drive and we got all the way to Cape Tribulation one day there, so that was really interesting. But there was a beautiful beach, really good. We were walking along the beach and someone came out and said, don't go in the water, there was a crocodile there the other day, and there was. So we looked it up, she was right, so we sort of got out of the water pretty quick, but it looked like paradise besides that yeah it's pretty it's pretty good place to go uh, yeah it's always worth if you go up that way to go up and see it it's a fantastic place well half your luck for being able to go up there i know you're on a conference up there so good luck to you and good to have you back because i've sort of been camping at the bit here to uh, do, do another <laughs> little segment yeah yeah well so have i but it was interesting talking to a few of the uh, different radio stations and i did an interview about what we did with the flood situation so that's sort of gone out to some radio station somewhere it might be played on air some station i think triple z in queensland somewhere oh right okay oh, well, uh, your talents might spread far and wide now josh yeah i'm not sure about that but uh, no it's good to meet other radio people and i got to see the reef but i don't particularly want to get into it again i think i'll just watch it from uh, afar but it is a beautiful <laughs> place <laughs> well pleased to have you back anyway pleased to talk to you and how have you been in the two weeks so how long's it yeah well no nothing much no, nothing as exciting as what you've uh, done that's for sure i'm just sort of been doing the normal things you know a bit of child minding gym and we actually stayed down at our holiday place at torquay for three days which was very nice for a change and, oh, that uh, sounds very good yeah the weather was slightly better down there than it was up in melbourne but a very pleasant break for three not three days and nice is very good so but looking forward to getting back into the action mate okay and speaking of which who are we talking about today well, we're talking about someone a lot of people will definitely have heard of, but unfortunately he's just far too early in life, Bobby Darren. I know Bobby Darren. I, I think we've done quite a few Bobbies now, I mentioned to you, but uh, I don't think we've done Bobby Darren, but we're about to. No, well, he's, he's certainly right up there with the with, with the other Bobbies and, and might have even superseded them. But well, away we go. Now, he was born Walden, W-A-L-D-E-N, Robert Casotto, C A S O double T O on the 14th of May 1936 in the East Harlem district of New York City. His mother was a sole parent. Her name was Nina Juliet Casotto, who was 18 when she gave birth to him. By the time he reached his teenage years, he could play several instruments, including piano, drums and guitar. And later on, he added harmonica and, and, and xylophone to his repertoire, so very talented musically. Mm. He moved to the Bronx graduating from the Bronx High School of Science. Now, this was rather a prestigious school because it actually generated quite a few Nobel Prize winners. I didn't get their names, but a fairly good school to go to. And then he enrolled at a place called Hunter College, a landing in the drama department, but he dropped out after two months to pursue an acting career. And we'll talk a bit more about his acting career later on. Now, he took his surname from the first name of Darren McGavin, even though Darren was D-A-R-R-E and Bobby Darren spelled his D-A-R-I-N. Now, Darren McGavin was, of course, in a series of, of as Mike Hammer. 
but Darren always stated that his legal name would always be Kasoto. Now, he formed a songwriting partnership with a fellow by the name of Don Kirshner, who was a music publisher and producer, and in 1955 started writing jingles and songs beginning with, I quote, bubblegum pop. Signed a contract with Decca Records in 1956, but commercially unsuccessful. The member of the Brill Building, which I've mentioned a few times, which was a big publishing house in New York, and uh, he was introduced to someone we've had on the show before, Connie Francis, which was, wasn't, which was quite recent, and uh, he helped her write several songs. And as I mentioned previously on the Connie Francis segment, he's, her father helped to stymie the relationship because he did, certainly didn't approve of Bobby Darren for some reason or another. He left Decker... He signed with ATCO, which was an Atlantic subsidiary, and finally had success with his eighth single. So it certainly took a while for him to hit the spot with a song called, as we know, Splish Splash. Yeah, I know that one. You know that one? Yeah, yeah, that's a famous one. Co-wrote that with a DJ called Murray Kaufman, K-A-U-F-M-A-N, and this reached number three on the Billboard and number two on the Cashbox. At that stage, I think they had two separate charts. Uh, and that's why, as mentioned, uh, Billboard and Cashbox. Now, that actually sold more than a million copies. Now, after a couple of minor hits, along came Dream Lover, which is one of my favourite songs, and that was in 1959. He, he actually wrote that song, and that was to reach two on Billboard and three on Cashbox. Mac the Knife, which was a, a famous Bobby Darren song, was which he initially opposed to releasing. It's actually number one for nine weeks sold two million copies and was the Grammy Record of the Year. And Bobby Darren was nominated as the Grammy Best New Artist. Now, that particular song, Mac the Knife, reached number one in the UK, which was a pretty big deal back then because a lot of those American artists weren't that big in the UK. Now, Mac the Knife has since been honoured with a Grammy Hall of Fame award, so it certainly elevated him to quite a prestigious spot. I'll give you a bit of discography here. This is probably better to nominate some of the songs that he did have. Now, a song called Beyond the Sea, which finished sixth and seven now. This was, of course, a movie starred Kevin Spacey, and that was actually about Bobby Darren's life story. Oh. I'm not a great rap for the song, but again, I say to each. Their I think own. it's a cover, isn't it? I think it was a French song before that. You may well be right. John. Yeah, my dad knows that one because when it came on, he always says, "Play the French version." All <laughs> oh, right, okay. I know your dad's pretty well versed in all this sort of stuff, but I didn't find that particular bit of information. But good on him, I'll, I'll accept that. He had another song called Clement. This is in 1960 in Clementine, which is 21 and 13 on the respective charts. Lazy River, 14 and 18. In 1961, You Must Have Been a Beautiful Baby. Now, this was five and seven in the cash box and billboard charts, and then it's actually reached number 10 in the UK. Along came a song that most of us know, Multiplication, and this was 30 and 26, and there was five in the UK. In 1962, Things, which was reached three and 10 on the respective chart, and this was a song that he actually wrote, and that was also number two in the UK. 1963, another song that we're familiar with. We've played this when I've been up there with you, 18 Yellow Roses, 10 and 12, and he actually wrote that song himself too. And we'll tell a little story again about 18 Yellow Roses later on, which we mentioned before. And in 1966, another terrific song, If I Were a Carpenter, and that was eight, and and it was in just the Billboard chart then, and it was actually nine in the UK. So by the late 50s, uh, as he says, are quite a very good list of songs there. By the 1950s, he, the late 1950s, he was setting attendance records 
at Coco Cabana nightclub in Manhattan and headlining major casinos in, in Las Vegas. Country songs became this four-day in the early 60s, and with the above-mentioned things, and 18 Yellow Roses were songs that were greatly successful for him. He recorded the latter on the Capitol label before leaving them in 1964, and during the 60s, he owned and operated with Doris's day, Doris Day's son, uh, Terry Melcher, a music publishing and production company which was called TM Music Slash Trio. They actually signed Wayne Newton to this label, and gave him Don Cashern, which which turned out to be his... Oh, uh, I hate, I hate that song. <laughs> well, I just thought I'd mention, yeah, yeah. look, yeah, to each their own. But um, and, uh, Ter- Terry Milch is a very interesting person. Look him up. He's very interesting, Doris Day's son. Yes. Yeah, I'm not aware of all the story. You probably perhaps know more about it than I do. But I'll certainly investigate that. That A very interesting gentleman. And he had a lot, quite a lot of other interests too, apart from the one we are just talking about. Yeah. Bobby Darren was actually a mentor for Roger McGuinn, who later formed the Birds. And he was a fellow that wore those funny glasses. Well, I don't know how you describe them, actually. but And I'm not sure if he was the lead singer or not, so I can certainly stand to be corrected on that. But he actually played 12-string guitar in Darren's nightclub band, so that's how he came to move on to form the Birds. Now, digressing a little bit here, Josh, because I think you might be interested in this. This is about his acting career. And I'm not sure whether you'll be familiar with some of these. You probably will be. Uh, come September, now this was 1961 with Rock Hudson and Gina Lollabridgeta. And this was the story that we spoke about with 18 Yellow Roses where he supposedly is besotted by Sandra Dee who was in, a co-star in this show. And uh, he sent 18 Yellow Roses to her mother every day. It seemed to work. They got married. And mm. they did have a child together by Dodd Mitchell Darren. And Darren won, actually won a Golden Globe Award for the new star of the year for his role in this. Are you familiar with that show, Josh? Uh, not really. I've heard of it, but not. I can't tell you anything about it. Okay. Now, the 1962 movie called Pressure Point. Now, this started Sydney Portier and Peter Falk. And this was nominated for a Best Actor Golden Globe. I don't think he won it, but he got the nomination, which was a pretty good effort. Yeah, I'm looking and that movie Nazi- up. That sounds very interesting, that one. About a Nazi in a mental hospital. And Sydney Portia has to cure him. Very interesting. Okay. And now you might want to look up this one, too. This was 1963. And it's called Captain Newman, MD. Yeah, I don't now, know. This starred Gregory Peck. Tony Curtis, Angie Dickinson, Eddie Elbert, Robert Juvell, quite a good cast. And he actually won an Academy Award nomination for Best Supporting Actor. Oh, okay. And now there were 10 other movies which are listed which people might wish to have a look at, but they were the three that I decided to mention. Another interesting thing happened with Bobby Darren here. He was with the Robert F. Kennedy entourage the night of Kennedy's assassination. Hmm. Now, this event, and along with the discovery that year, he expressed an interest in going into politics, but he actually discovered that his mother, inverted commas, who had raised him was actually his grandmother, and his sister inverted commas, was actually his mother. Oh. And that, that sent him into living in seclusion in a trailer for quite a while to try and deal with with that particular scenario. I dare say that would be a, a fair shock to the yeah. system. Yeah, I, I think I Jack, Nicholson, Jack Nicholson had a similar situation, the actor. Ah, uh, did he? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Return, he returned to LA in 1969, and Kennedy assassination was in 68. He returned to L.A. in 69 and started his own record label, Direction Records. 
and he started putting out folk and protest music. A fellow by the name of Tim Harden, who was a folk singer, who had written If I Were a Carpenter, which was a big hit for Darren, as we've mentioned before. He recorded Bobby Darren's song called Simple Song of Freedom in 1969, and ironically, it became his biggest hit. So they were even. (laughs) That's right. By 1973, he had his own show, self-named, the 13th episode, and was a very keen chess player. And he'd organised a Grand Master tournament, which unfortunately had to be cancelled. Previously mentioned, he'd married Sandra Dee, and they'd divorced in 1967. He then married an Andrea Yeager, who he'd been living with for three years, on June the 25th, 1973, but divorced in October of the same year, so it didn't last very long, due to Darren's worsening health. Fortunately, he had rheumatic fever as a child, and this severely weakened his heart. He had actually had, had artificial valves inserted in his heart in 1971, but unfortunately, he developed sepsis, which is a very deadly sort of thing to have. And that further weakened his heart, and he ended up having a six-hour operation to repair the damaged valves. But he died in the recovery room, and he was only just 37 years of age. It was absolutely a tragedy. His will asked that his body be donated to science. What that actually found, I'm not sure. Now, but he did uh, get quite a, a few posthumous recognitions here. He was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1990. In 1999, he was voted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. In 2007, he was awarded a star on the Las Vegas Star Walk of Stars and has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He received a, a posthumous Lifetime Achievement Award, which was given by the Grammy Awards Recording Academy in 2010. And now the film, as I mentioned before, Beyond the Sea, received mixed reviews, although it was endorsed by Darren's family. Dream Lover, which was the Bobby Darren musical, and out here starred David Campbell, who you might, might have mentioned about Jack Nicholson, uh, also, David Campbell grew up in similar circumstances to Darren with the same sort of scenario. And this show was very successful because uh, Campbell actually won the Helpman Award for Best Male Actor in a Musical. It certainly, did, well, Bobby Darren left us far too soon. There was a talent there which could, could have gone on to actual greatness and immortality, really. But unfortunately, that 37, he left us. And, but we still had great memories of, of some great songs. And the first one I've chosen for you, Josh, is 18 Yellow Roses, of course. And here it is now, 18 Yellow Roses by Bobby Darwin. Yeah, it's a nice song. I think uh, if I were a carpenter, though, it's still my favourite from him. Well, guess what? You're getting, he, <laughs> that's getting a guarantee too, Josh. Good, yeah. It's been used in a lot of... Uh, well, used on The Sopranos, I know. They reference Bobby Darwin and Goodfellas as well. Yeah, well, that's good. And yeah. well, we're also going to have Dream Lover and Multiplication, but, of course, as usual, I could have picked three or four others, but uh, they were the ones that I've chosen, Josh. Yeah, well, uh, beautiful voice. And anything else you'd like to say? Well, I think that he's certainly worthy of mention in our little segment, as I quite often say, and one of those unfortunate scenarios where a person's gone far too soon for our liking, but 
one thing about these people, they never grow old. No, no, the music always stays young. So thanks very much, Steve. Thanks, Josh, and really enjoyed getting back into it again. And I think Bobby Darren was a very special person, which I've uh, really enjoyed having a look at. Yeah. And good to have you back, and nice to catch up with you again. And to you and the listeners, as I always say, good health and look after yourselves, and we'll catch you up next week. Yeah, take care, Steve, and stay healthy. Will do. All the best. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.